0: Dialogue Between the Spirits of a Poet and a Drunkard By John Dunton, 1659-1733 to 1733. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org Drunkard Well met, brother. Which way is your flight designed? Poet i have just left the bosom of causes to take a prospect of the lower world to see if there be any preparation for my reception there and yet i am much troubled at the apprehension of being clogged with the uneasy restless lump of humanity and the attending consequences make me very impatient drunkard why so what conjectures have ye poet? Tis the want of reasonable conjectures, for by all the observations I can make of my temper, I cannot resolve myself whether I am a male or a female spirit, but why do I thus busy myself about sexes? Certainly tis ominous, and argues my embodying near at hand. But if, after six thousand years' expectation, I should be tied to a poet, I shall reckon it a forestalling my damnation, and had e'en as good commenced devil, without any more ado, and take up with one hell. See you not that wretch in yonder grove, with his hat over his eyes, scratching his head, tearing his nails, and sending his poor hackneyed soul about, like a spaniel dog, to fetch and carry similitudes, rhymes, composition, fiction, etc., I remember about thirty years since when he was our companion he would sometimes break off in the middle of a discourse without bidding good-bye and away to the brooks groves and fountains which made me suspect the nearness of a poetic preferment but hark the humor of our late companion in his new lodging when formless and inanimate i lay sleeping in chaos with my fellow clay or o'er those teeming particles had met to make this wretched composition so complete without my knowledge or concurrence thou biddest me awake and live well what then why the sense is out before the rhyme now twould be charitable to assume an airy organ and help him out namely i know not how poor wretch he knows not what to do unless he undoes all and begins again which he'd as leave be hanged as attempt having taken so much pains about it already oh but for sisyphus restless stone or Belides' leaking tun they are minute and petite tasks to his not ixion's wheel has half the torture of an over-hasty period but this is not all when he has undergone the bitter throes and pains of rhymeship then the darling offspring of his brain turns prostitute to the abuses of all the world the praises of wise men are so few that their voice is lost in so large a theatre and numerous applauses of fools are too loud a scandal and after all this tis not pity the poor rogue should take such pains to be damned for there is not one poet in five thousand that escapes it had gone hard with old Holm himself if it had not been for the penance of his own satyrs say fellow immateriality what shall i do i can never look down upon a couple of lovers but i'm afraid their toying will end in making an halconian prison for me especially if the inamorato is for balls masquerading and love sonnets drunkard alas brother i'm all resentment and pity little do mortals think what plague we are at about the lodging and entertainment we expect at their hands but for my part your apprehensions of incorporation are all charms and sweetness to the dismal reception I look for. Poet, why, what's the matter with you? Drunkard, I can never leave our happier regions to visit the lower elements, but before I am aware, I find myself amongst sea-fowl hovering over rivers, ponds, and marshes, admiring the scaly shoals, and envying the pastime of those ever-thrifty revelers. Now what can this mean, but that I am ordained to actuate a drunkard? And if so, hell is a toy to such a confinement. This moment would I plunge into the boundless depths to be secured from such a companion. But why that rash thought? Is not hell also crowded with them? and are not its horrors doubled by their concession yet if hell could be hell without em twould be a happy place and nothing in it of the beast antic or nonsense but a rational complaint of despair wonder not dear brother at my deeper reflections till you've considered yonder figure at the old d blank tavern what think you of their motions converse and passions suppose all their discourse were taken in shorthand and the weakest person amongst them should have a view of the whole when he's in a mood of thinking would not he blush at such follies at such an unaccountable expense of time especially if he thought an hour so spent was of equal length with any other hour in the line of life and must be equally accounted for Alas, who would suppose that souls cloistered up in these sensualized, unthinking statues were ever our companions? Come, let's retire towards our peaceful regions and be not witnesses of what a midnight scene produces a poet's structure, a fade of a poetic mansion. 'Tis a paradise, to what I dread. Nor is there any spirit in all our order that can be afraid of such a body, but I must meet with it in this epitome of all plagues. A drunkard can be poet, beggar, cully, buffoon, or anything, so that I'm like to meet with the most abject slavery in nature. End of Dialogue Between the Spirits of a Poet and a Drunkard by John Dunton. 1659 to 1733.